All right. So, God has been so good. Amen. So, we want to get right into our... Thank you, sir. want to get into our lesson this morning. Amen. And uh, pick up our last portion. We've been talking about going on unto perfection. And that's the overall goal in the kingdom of God, is to reach that portal where Brother J.T. Hayward says, and when we reach the portal where life forever reigns, and that grand, host grand final will be this glad refrain, I see a crimson stream of blood. Amen. We are going to a better place, and a better place we will go. Let me take my jacket off. Maybe I won't make so much noise here. not help. Okay, let's try that. See any, any better? Okay, <laughs> so we're going on to perfection. Paul told the church at the Hebrews, he says, wherefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let's go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundations of baptism of you know, things. So we're going to go on. Amen. And that should be every saint of God's goal is to grow and to mature in the things of Christ so that your heart and your mind is stayed upon God, that no matter what happens, no matter what comes our way, amen, we are rooted, we are ground, and we are firm. And we know that maturity means to grow. It means to develop. And that's what God wants, and that's what his word is designed for us to do, is to grow, is to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We're told to put on the whole arm of God so that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. And these things requires us to study, to prepare ourselves, amen, to get into the word of God, to glean from the word of God, to get knowledge and understanding so that we will be strong in the Lord. Every child of God, from the time we get baptized and God calls us out of the world, we should be moving on now to perfection. As Paul says in the book of Romans, chapter 6, he says, we're risen to what? Walk in newness of life. My old life is out of the way. I buried the old man. I killed the old man. And so now I am a new creature in Christ. So therefore, we should be walking in that newness. Amen. Moving forth and and trusting God at every juncture in our lives and not leaning into our own understanding. Amen. And all our ways acknowledging him. And so that he will direct our paths. As the psalmist says, I have not seen and ear have not heard, neither have it entered into the hearts of men the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Amen. And we should want to get everything, you know. Jesus said we should have life, not only in this life, but in the life to come. So we got should, we got, should be having two lives, man. Good life here and looking for the excited life to be with him forever. Amen. Last week we was talking about, amen, that we needed to make sure we had knowledge. Amen. Our people are, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Amen. You've got to have good godly knowledge. Amen. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. We reverence God. We trust God. We need to have that daily devotion time that we continue uh, putting ourselves in with God. Continually, daily, you know, uh, one of the things I find is if if we want to motivate ourselves and to bring our flesh under subjection, then we need to start our day with prayer. 
And that's what you're doing, really, when you're going to the Lord in prayer constantly. You know, you're bringing your flesh under subjection. That's what is happening. Your flesh don't want to pray. <laughs> you know, it don't want you to do right. So, But if you pray, you're bringing it under subjection. Because you will, the Spirit will begin to show you things that is not like Christ and to help you stay on focus and on the right track. And so that's what you want to do. Amen. So we want to try to pick up on these last four points today. Amen. To move on to perfection. And one of the things that hinder our perfection is a lack of wisdom. A lack of wisdom. Proverbs 4, 7 says, the wisdom, get wisdom and with all thy getting, get what? Understanding Now, in the New Living Translation, I get wisdom, it is wiser than you can do. Think wisest things you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. You know, you need to have wisdom. You need to know right from wrong. Okay? You, you, you have to develop this thing in your side, in yourself, so that you will be what God wants you to be. You know, I can remember that old country muster song. It says, you know, you got to know when to hold them, when to fold them, when to turn and walk away, you know. You got to know when to run, right? And so that's the thing. If you look at Scripture, you know, Paul will tell Timothy, he says, flee, you lust, you know. Run, <laughs> you know. And sometimes you got to run from things, you know. You can't stand there. Sometimes, you know, if it's not going to be good for you, you need to have the wisdom to know, I don't need to stay here. You know, I need to move out of that area as quickly as possible, you see. And that's where wisdom comes into play. Amen. You cannot allow yourself to continue to do wrong and be a Christian. You have to learn that I'm going to do what is right. You know, wisdom help us to make right choices and right decisions in life. The book of Proverbs, as you hear me say over and over again, is a book of wisdom. It starts out with wisdom. It ends with wisdom. It's got everything in there. So you have to study it. You have to apply yourself to it. Amen. So that you are growing in Christ. Amen. Because if you don't have wisdom, you can't move to perfection. If I don't know what to do is right, you know, and do right, then I can't get there. We know that sin cannot enter there. See? But God wants us to get there. So he says, get wisdom. And with all you're getting, get understanding. You know, as Paul told the church at Corinth, you know, he says all things is, you know, um, is, is lawful. Thank you. I can't get my mind to function. All things is lawful, but all things are not what? Expedient. It doesn't edify me. It doesn't build me up. You know, so I have to have the wisdom to understand that. Just because everyone else may be doing it doesn't mean it is good for me. You know, and so we have to have this kind of wisdom within ourselves. Amen. And Proverbs chapter 8, you know, we, we realize, you know, here it says, I wisdom, you know, cried and understand and put forth their voice. She's standing in the high place in the way by the paths as she cries at the inner end of the gates uh, and the coming in, entering of the city and the coming in of the door. Unto you, old men, I call and my voice is unto the sons of man. Oh, you simple understand wisdom, you fools be of understanding heart. 
you know. So you've got to have wisdom in order to be a good Christian and to operate according to God's word. You know, a lot of times when you get into the word of God, you will see that it just unfolds so many great things for you. See? And God is trying to impart the knowledge and wisdom that he has. We, everything from the creation to where we're going, we have to have the wisdom to be able to understand that. You know, a lot of times we see a lot of the things of, of people today in the world and some of the things they try to say, you've got to have wisdom to say, no, I don't think that works that way, you know, so that you know. You know, where do I fit into all this? What is God trying to lead me to? What is God trying to show me? You know, Solomon's mother told him Proverbs 1, he said, she says, my son of sinners entice thee. She says, don't you consent? If they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood and lurk uh, for the, my goodness, without cause. She says, don't do it. Uh, and so we have to have the wisdom of God. Wisdom will lead us. Wisdom will guide us. Wisdom comes with the time with God, studying his word, listening to his word, obeying his word. Amen. The reason so many people are trapped, I think, in so many areas is a lack of wisdom. You know, when you have the wisdom of God, you understand. That I don't do certain things. It's kind of like I said last week about knowledge. You know, you should know based on the word of God what you should do and what you shouldn't do. It's not a bunch of rules and regulations. You know, a lot of people try to say the church is legalistic and you can't tell me what to do. You can't do it. No, the word of God, if you've got wisdom, then you're going to know there's certain things I just don't do. You know. I, I'm enlightened. And when I come out of darkness, Peter says, he brings me what? To his marvelous light. And when I come into the light, then the light of God's word began to enlighten me so that I know if I'm on the right path, if I'm doing what is right, am I living right? Because why? I'm trying to get to perfection. I'm trying to get to completion. I want to be firmly rooted and grounded in him. So I need to have wisdom and not a lack of wisdom. What is the Proverbs 8 goes on and said, Wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things you can compare, I mean, desire, cannot be compared to it. You know, it goes on and says, you know, I hate what? Evil? So if, God, if, if wisdom tell me that it hates evil, then what should I do? I should hate evil, you know. If wisdom tells me that I have strength, you know, that wisdom gives me strength, then I should want wisdom so I can have strength. When you read Proverbs 8, you know, you want to know who God was talking to when he created the earth? It's right there, wisdom. How wisdom dwell. With prudence, and I find out knowledge of witty inventions. The Lord, you know, it goes on and said, <laughs> Is your husband messing with you? <laughs> Praise, <laughs> Praise God. So we got to have wisdom. 
if we're going to mature and grow in Christ. Amen. So we, we, we got to keep moving forward. Amen. You know, another thing, you know, you have to ask yourself as well, are you killing yourself for nothing? You know, in our secular employment sometimes, if we're not careful, we can kill ourselves for nothing. We have to have wisdom. The world will eat you alive for nothing. You, what Paul says in 1 Timothy, you brought nothing in this world, and it's for certain you can take nothing out. You know, people are killing themselves for what? A dollar. You know, you know and, and as a result of that, yes, I know we need money to live. I know all these things. But you have to have wisdom. You know, you have to have wisdom to make sure you're not killing yourself to try to make it. See, we should be content. If I have a job, I should be content with that job and do my job, do it with joy so that it's not killing me. I tell you, if, if, I got, if I'm doing something and I am not content, and is, and is not rewarding me, I would probably have to think about it. If I go to work and I come home and I am feeling dead, tired all the time, you know, miserable and making no, you know, I would have to think about it. What am I doing? Am I killing myself? You know, because at the end of the day, yes, I guarantee you what I have found and like the guys used to tell me in the army, the army will stop loving you before you stop loving it. And they used to tell me, you ain't going to stay in the army forever. It's going to put you out someday. You know, and nobody is coming. You know, half the folks that I killed myself for in the military, I don't know where any of them is. You know, <laughs> you have to think about that, you know. I have to have the wisdom, you know, in this thing, you know, and, and you have to do that. Where did that come from? Amen. Anyhow, <laughs> you know, and homes are being destroyed because of a lack of wisdom. See, we have to make sure that we are not enabling, you know, people to do wrong, even in our homes. We got to have wisdom. Because if we enable them to continue to do wrong, then what is going to happen? It's going to hinder their progression to their perfection. And it's going to hinder you because you keep being angry because they're not doing right. You know, and it stifens you and, and bottlenecks you from moving forward. But you want to have the wisdom so that you are doing what is right. Amen. So a lack of wisdom. Number B, G, a lack of submission. A lack of submission. Amen. It's totally amazing sometimes. Holy Ghost filled people will submit to the world, but they won't submit to the church. Think about it. They'll submit to the world. You know, it's cold out there right now. You know, but I guarantee you, if it's just cold tomorrow, job time, they're going to work. They submit. To the world. 
But you say, church is at 10 o'clock. They don't want to submit. Oh, is he crazy? No, I'm just trying to help you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, we've got to realize submission. You know, Hebrews says, submit to them that have the rule of you. Why? Because they're watching for your soul. See? We need to submit to the things of God so that God will take us higher. You know, God wants us to be submitted first and foremost to him and his ways. I can't get to perfection if I'm not submitted to God. I need to submit myself first and foremost to him. I made a vow to him. Most of us did, and I'm sure you did like I did. When you got to the altar, you said, oh, God, please forgive me. God, I'll do anything. I'll live for you. You know, well, we need to submit and do that. Submit to him. That's what he wants. And if I submit to him, I'll submit to them that he put over me. See? And even in the secular world, you know, I will submit to those that are are over me, you know, kings and whatever, you know. And this is what God wants. I want to be submissive to him. Amen. And what we do and what he's asking of us to do. In Isaiah 115. Isaiah's, the Lord says, if we are not submitted, he says, when you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. When you make many prayers, I will not hear. You know, notice, we got to submit. Submit to every ordinance for the king's sake. See? So you have to ask yourself, am I submitted to God? Am I submitted to his word? Am I submitted to the leadership that he puts over me? Because if not, we cannot reach perfection. You're not going to go any higher than you're willing to submit. You're, you're never going any higher than what you're willing to submit to. See? And so God wants us to come on up. So I have to submit to him. If I submit to him, nothing stops me. You know, from getting to where he's trying to take me. See? When you look at Saul, Saul starts out, first of all, he was what? He was submissive. And then all of a sudden, he stopped being submissive of what God said. And that's when Samuel says, hey, man, it's better to obey than sacrifice. You know? But stubbornness is the sin of witchcraft. You know? We have to submit you know, to those that are over us. So you don't want to have a light, like, lack of submission and what God is asking of you to do because he wants you to get to that perfective stage in your life. Why will people refuse to submit, come under? You know, in our homes, we have the rule of submission. Husband, wife, submit to your own husband. You know, why is the wife asked to submit to her own husband in the Lord? It's for the protection, for the oversight, to help protect her. See? It's not to be a rule and a domineering over her. It's just for the protection and, and the upbringing and the oversight of things of God to be over her. Say, submission. Amen. We submit to everything else. <laughs> you know, why not to God? Why not to the things of God, to the word of God? 
so that we can grow. And so you have to ask yourself, am I submitted? Is something hinder my submission to God, first and foremost, to his word, second, and to the leadership that he's placed over me? Amen. Number three, a lack of integrity. A lack of integrity will hinder your perfection. Amen. Proverbs 20, verse 7 said that a just man walketh in his integrity and his children is blessed after him. So our children are blessed based on our integrity. Think about it. Are you honest? Ask yourself. Am I honest first and foremost to who? Me? No. To yourself and then to God. Or God and yourself. You got to be honest with you. The worst person you can lie to is yourself. See? You don't want to lie to yourself. See? We know that when Job, when Satan came before God in Job chapter 1, chapter 2 there, excuse me, that, you know, the Lord asked Satan, he says, Have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him. Even though you move me against him in what he say, and yet he retains his integrity. He retains his honesty, and even though his wife asked him, you, you know, you retain your integrity, she said, why don't you curse God and die? He said, you speak as the most foolish woman speaking. Shall we not receive both good and evil at the hand of God? In other words, your integrity, if you lose your integrity, you don't have nothing else. You have to be honest with God and you, say, if you're going to move forward. If you read Psalms 15, you know, Lord, who shall ascend? Psalms 15 real quick. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hills? He that walk up rightly. And walketh righteous, worketh righteousness, and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that back, backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doth evil to his neighbor, nor take up a reproach against his neighbor, and whose eyes a vile person is condemned. But he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that swore to his own hurt and changed not. He that putteth not out his money for usury, nor take reward against the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. Notice, he talks about integrity here. Number 20, Psalms uh, 24. Psalms 24. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hills of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that have clean hands and a pure heart, who have not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessings of the Lord and the righteousness from the God of our salvation. Amen. We've got to be truthful. Truth, because it's the root word for truthfulness. And God is truth. Amen. In him was no lie, neither guile found in his mouth, right? So if I say I am Christ's, if I say he's divine and I'm the branch, I am supposed to produce what is coming out of the vine. 
So if he's honest and he doesn't lie and he doesn't, you know, do all these things, I am not supposed to do them because I'm plugged into him. But if I lie and I cheat, then what is going to happen? I'm not going to grow. He's not going to give me the things to move me higher because I'll keep realizing I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Look at Ephesians 4. Where Paul goes on in Ephesians 4 here, start around verse 20, I think it is. He says, but you have not so learned Christ. See, if you're not honest, you haven't learned Jesus. If you're not submissive, you're not learning Jesus. If you're not operating in wisdom, you haven't learned Jesus. If you're lacking knowledge, you haven't learned Jesus. See? Because all these things, what? It comes with your salvation. All these things. This is why Hebrews 6 says, Beloved, I am persuaded of better things of you, things that comes with your salvation. See? Wisdom comes with your salvation. Knowledge comes with your salvation. Submission comes with your salvation. All this. He said, you have not learned Christ. If so be that you've heard him and been taught of him. It's what? The truth is where? It's in Jesus, verse 21. Ephesians 4, 21. The truth is in Jesus. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the light. So if it's in him, and if I say I know him, this is what John is saying in 1 John chapter 1. He says, this is the message we've heard and declare to you that God is light and him is no darkness of all. And if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. See? But I know him. See? And so this is why I've got to walk in my integrity because he's the God of truth. Notice verse 22, Ephesians 4, 22. That you put off concerning what? The former behavior or conversation, your former behavior, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, lust, excuse me, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The way you think, your behavior, your actions, your attitudes, all these things. And that you put on the new man, which of the God is created and doing right, and true holiness. Separation set apart for God. That's what true holiness is. You're saying, hey, I'm set apart for God. I, I'm, I'm his now. He can use me any way he wants. You know, and this is what you're trying to, to get your minds in, in life correct here. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See? You, you, the way you think, that's what it comes down to now, brothers and sisters, is you can't think the same old way you thought before. It doesn't do you any good. He wants you to think the way he thinks, based on the wisdom 
and the knowledge and the understanding that comes out of his word is what he wants us to do. Why? Because he's trying to take us to be with him to a better place. I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I'm coming back to get you. See? So, but I've got to keep moving forward. As Paul, you know, Paul had to make a decision. He says, I'm not there yet. He says, but I'm forgetting those things which is behind, and I'm reaching forth to those things which are before. To the church at Colossae, he says, hey, if you have been risen with Christ, in other words, if you repented, you got baptized, you came up out of the water, what does he say? Seek those things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. Set your affections up there. That's where you're going. See? But I got to think where I'm going. <laughs> you know? Because if I don't focus on where I'm going, I'm going to just let everything <laughs> distract me. So Paul goes on in Ephesians 4 here, and he says, Put on the new man, which is created after God in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, put away what? Lion. Verse 26. I mean 25. Wherefore, put away lion. Let every man speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. So we want to speak the truth. Speak the truth in love. Amen. See? So we want our integrity. It goes on and said, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. In other words, don't let Satan in your life. Don't let him be a part of you. Don't let him keep telling you to do wrong. Because if you keep doing wrong, guess what? You're letting him control you. That's what is happening. You, you're just letting him do anything you want. As Brother Scotty Teach said one time in the church in Okinawa, he says, you need to look at the devil and tell him, I'm not your football and you ain't kicking me around anymore. Yeah. We need to make sure that we don't let the devil have any place in our lives. We are his. And the devil should not be dwelling in the same place as the Lord. And let me tell you, you cannot have the Holy Ghost and the devil at the same time. Okay? You can't. Doesn't work. Greater is he's in you than he that is in the world. Okay? If somebody tell you you can have the devil and the Holy Ghost at the same time, you need to exit stage right. You can't. They don't dwell in the same temple. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. Okay? He goes on and says, Let him that stole, verse 28. <laughs> One guy was preaching and said, Steal. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, work with that. In other words, get a job. <laughs> Amen. Work with his hands that, that which is good, that he may have to give to them that are in need. See, we don't steal. Why? Because we're going to perfection. Thieves can't get in there. Jesus done told us thieves and robbers can't get in there. So why am I going to keep robbing God? Why am I going to keep trying to steal from God? Don't steal his time. 
Give him what is due his. Amen. And so he goes on and says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. In other words, don't let evil speaking, don't let lies, don't let this stuff come out of your mouth. But that which is good, what? To edifying. You know, one of the gifts that is given that's probably not used as much as it should be is the gift of edification. People want tongues. They want interpretation. They want to be prophets. You know, all this stuff. I want those gifts. I want to be the healer. Just give me the gift of edification so I can build someone up. That's all I want to do. If I can put a smile on somebody's face, you know, make them happier, man, that, that, that makes my day better than, than anything else. And that's a gift. of That's what Paul says to, to the church, you know, in, in Romans 12. He says, hey, wait on it. If, if your gift is edification, he says, wait on it. You know, pray and say, God, give me the gift of edification so I can build somebody up. Especially in today's world, people are going through a lot of things in their life. I want to be an encourager. I want to edify. I want to build up the body of Christ. See, because we're going on unto perfection. Amen. So we want to, we want to walk in our integrity because our children will be blessed at the rise. Amen. And I, and I was sharing with the leaders this morning, you know, one of the stories in, in the Bible uh, Naaman, Second uh, Kings chapter 5, one of the things you find, you know, we know about Naaman, and as I was telling the leaders this morning, we read about Naaman, you know, he comes to Elijah, Elijah tells him to go dip in the Jordan River, and after he, he finally submits and he goes and he dumps in his uh, Jordan River, you find that Elijah, I mean, Naaman comes back, and he's wanted to give him gifts, but Elijah says no. You know, I, I don't, I, you're not going to give me anything, you know. But then Naaman asks Elisha to pray for him because he says, when I go back to my master, my master is going to be worshiping all these false gods, and he's going to want me to go with him. And so I, need to, I already realize there's no other god than the god of Israel. See, but he's, he's saying, I need some prayer here so that when we're in that temple that I don't find up worshiping this false god again. But then if you notice, after he goes away, Gehazi, I, Elijah's servant, runs behind him. And he stops him, and Naaman gets down, and he says, what's up, basically? And he says, oh, my master had some guests come, and, you know, and he sent me to tell you to give him some of the silver and to give him the garments and stuff. So he lied to him. And Naaman says, oh, don't just take one, take two, you know. And he gives him twice. And he says, as a matter of fact, let my servants, I'll let my servants take it back for you. So that was the first lie he told. And then he comes back, he gets to the gate. He takes the stuff from the servants to go put it in his house. And then he goes to his master, Elijah. And Elijah says, where you been, Gehazi? Oh, I ain't been nowhere. He lied again. Elijah says, well, it's awfully strange that my spirit didn't go with you. He says, I saw when Naaman turned around and, and gave you. And he says, is it a time to get silver and gold and garments? Than the things of God. 
He said, that leprosy that was on Naaman, he said, is going to be on you and your seed forever. And he went out as a leper. And we know in Scripture, leprosy represents, as I said to the leaders this morning, sin. For the rest of his life, he was a leper because he lied. We need to make sure that we do not allow our integrity to be tainted. Say, we want to walk in honesty. Walk circumspectfully, Paul says, towards them that are without. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. So we want to walk in our integrity. Amen. Praise God. The Bible also tells us, you know, in, in Psalms chapter 37, verse 37, it says, Mark what? The perfect man. And uphold the upright for the end of that man is what? Peace. Mark the perfect man. Mark the perfect man. When you read that, you remember what Job, the Lord said about Job, right? That he was a perfect and upright man. So we need to mark Job. Job was patient. Job did what was right. Job was a man of integrity. You know? And God could, he was trustworthy. And this is what we should become. We should mark Job. You know? And we should read the book of Job. Study the book of Job. And see what is there that will help us. And you remember what the Lord said in Ezekiel, right? Chapter 14. He says, though these three, Job, Noah, and Daniel was in the earth, they can't save nobody but themselves. See? And Job is listed as a perfect and an upright man. So mark those that are doing right. Amen. So that we can walk in our integrity and be upright as well. Amen. And then finally, amen, a lack, amen, complacency. When we're complacent, when we're complacent, not a lack of complacency, but complacent. When we're complacent, amen, we can't grow. What we're saying is, I'm content. I'm good right here. You know, Reuben, Gad, and half of the tribe of Manasseh got right to the door of the promised land. You know what they said? Oh, we're content right here. We got some cows. We got some goods over here. Let us stay right over here. We don't want to cross into the promised land. We want to stay right here. They became complacent. They became content right there. And years later, when you read Jesus' account, and he goes across the river, and where does he come? To Gad. And what is there? Here's a guy possessed with all kinds of demons. And what are they raising? Pigs. Israel was not supposed to have any unclean things. But they're raising pigs. And pigs was an unclean animal. And this guy's possessed with all these demons because he stopped. They stopped right there. It never crossed over. 
into the promised land. And that's why you see that they, they had to deal with so much stuff. We cannot be content with where we are. Paul says, I'm not there yet. I got to keep pressing towards the mark. I'm not there yet. No matter how many scriptures I can quote, no matter how many Bible verses I know, no matter how good I might can preach, I ain't there yet. <laughs> There's a lot I don't know. There's a lot I have to learn. There's a lot I'm striving to know and to do. There's a lot. I'm, I'm moving forward every day to try to better. I'm not going to be content with where I am because I know there's more. If the Bible tells me I have not seen and ears have not heard the things that God has prepared for them to love him, I'm after it. If the Bible tells me, amen, God, open my eyes that I might behold the wonders of thy law, I'm after it. I'm going after the things of God because there's some stuff I haven't seen. You know, you start to think about this from this standpoint. There's places in the world that we've never seen, have we? Just think about what would happen if we could see it. You know? Right. There's, there's a place right here in the state, in, in America, that we probably have never seen that would probably blow our minds if we saw it. You know? But if we don't go out there and look for it, <laughs> we ain't going to get it. We ain't going to see it. 